Kata Satobala Bashan. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Now, before we, we leave, I want to do a bit of the hacky. You want to remember I told you the hacky? So let's take a couple of questions and then we will. Yeah, anybody questions, 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 questions? Any question about anything? If I can answer, I will answer. If it's a question that you would ask yourself, and I will also answer. Hi, Daddy. All right, who's that? Hi, Chris. Okay. My name is Crystal. I'm from First Love, Melbourne. So first, first Love where? Melbourne. It's in Florida. In Australia. Flo <laughs> Florida, okay. please. Florida, okay. So my question is, um, I have allergies and I have eczema. So whenever I travel to countries like Africa, my immune system, <laughs> not countries like Africa, I'm sorry, hey! Ah! Like, countries, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, allow, allow the lady to ask the question, please. Sorry, 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 sorry. Countries like Ghana. Yes, when you travel to countries like Ghana. Ghana, my immune system suffers a little. So I want to do missions eventually. So like, should I take allergy shots or should I just <laughs> walk by faith or what should I do? Like as a doctor and also as a pastor. You suffer from allergies when you go to countries like Af Africa, like that. But you, you have those allergies in America. No, please. You don't have them? I mean, like, I'm allergic to nuts. So, like, whenever I go to Ghana and I eat suya powder by accident, which is in, like, the kebab and it's in everything, like, I get allergies, I get hives, I can't breathe. Shh, please, please, please. And then also because of the air, like... <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, 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 hold on. I will decide whether she has to be pumped. Oh. <laughs> because of the air and everything, my eyes swell up. So it's like, what should I do? How should okay. I go about it? All right. Now, when you talk about uh, eating nuts and being allergic to nuts, there are nuts everywhere, right? And for instance, if you go to Malaysia and they give you what they call satay, there's nuts in it. It's nuts are international. And when it comes to the immune system, even, even the, if you say you are reacting to something, you see, what happens with immune things is that the first time you contact the, the thing that you are allergic to, it doesn't have that effect. Then sometimes the second and the third. So you'll be surprised that it's actually something in America that is even causing you to have that so-called allergy. And that only that you've gotten used to it here and gotten a way around it and you're avoiding things here. So in every environment, there are a lot of people with allergies in Africa. We, we are, the allergies are everywhere. Asthma is as common. When you, when you check how many people die from asthma in the UK every year, it's over, over a thousand people 
than in the UK, something like that. Yeah. So there's allergies and all those things everywhere. So it's also about knowing what you become allergic, and with time you 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 find out. So are you saying that because of that you can't come to those type of places? Is that what, not why you are asking that? Oh, you know, God wants you to go, but you can't go because of allergies. No, I was just wondering, like, oh, mercy. I was just wondering if I should take, like, allergy shots, like, do, go, go that route, or just walk by faith and just... Oh, well, I cannot go. say, I cannot circumvent what a doctor says. I don't know what the allergy doctor tells you to do. So whatever they tell you to do, do it. Yes, please. Yeah. Thank you, Daddy. Right, who else? Any? Yeah, hello, Prophet. Um, my name is Alphonse, and I had two very quick questions. The first one is more of a follow-up on the debt question, that when it comes to um, housing, how, what would you advise us to do so that we don't go into debt to get a house, uh, into mortgage? And then the second question is, how do you practically deal with um, hurts and offenses in the ministry, and how have you dealt with it personally? Yeah, come and stand here so that I can see you clearly. Your question is how, what the first one is what? Money, finances, debt. Uh, yes, uh, when it comes, mortgages. So what yeah. is the practical way to get a house in America without getting a mortgage? That's the first question. Okay. Yes. I think I'm going to let Dr. Kujolinsi answer that question in, in two sentences. What's a practical way to get a house without debt, without a mortgage? First of all, you need to be humble to go for the simple things. A small house. First step, humility. Humility. Right. Yes. That's the first step. And you uh, see? Because sometimes when you finish school, have you finished school? Yes. Okay. Yes, Prophet. Sometimes when you finish, what did you learn in school? I did accounting and finance. Accounting and finance. Yes. So when you do accounting and finance, these are disasters today. <laughs> when, you do, when you do accounting and finance... You get it, and you finish. There's something that tells you, now I am somewhere, and I, I should. should have something mm. of this level. Mm. And, and you see, and the truth is that you, it's not true. Mm. <laughs> you are not. Yes, you are not. But then, at that instant, instead of being humble, as Dr. Lindsay is saying, you go for something that now, you just finished school, now I have to own this. And that puts you in a debt for 30 years to pay. Do you understand? Yes. So I know that because I, I know doctors who, who did that. As soon as they finished their residency, so, so million dollar, dollars of house and so on. And then they had their mortgage, blah, 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 for so many years. But actually, you just finished your residency. You are not actually a millionaire. Mm. You are yet to become a millionaire. So mm. what it is is that instead of being humble, and taking something small and tell yourself that I have not really arrived anywhere, so I don't see why I have to expand my life like this. Do you understand? And that's why people are in debt, because they have to ride a car that they can't afford, a house that they can't afford, and everything that they genuinely, really, at this stage of their life, cannot afford. Yeah. So that's the first step. Second step? Second step is that we have examples. 
the church doesn't owe and there are people who haven't owed. So be followers of those who have done that through faith and be patient and safe. And you can do The, the second step is what? That Follow people examples. Who, have, who have that, done that. Because there are people, you see, contrary to what the people say publicly, there are many people who are very rich but don't have any debt at all. Let's say our church, we don't owe any money at all. Dr. Lindsay doesn't owe money. No. doesn't have mortgage or any, doesn't have any of these type of things. And there are people like that. So there are people who are like that. But because banks work by people borrowing money, they really need you to come for a mortgage mm. and a loan. And then you become one of their servants. Mm. So every bank has a list of its servants who are serving the mortgage. And then every worker has the number of servants they are supposed to recruit every month. And if you don't recruit a number of people, then you, you may not, they will not keep you in the job. And it's, it's, they are making the money. So you, if you are recruited, I'm sure you work in a bank. Uh, I work for, it's not a bank, but it's a, like an exchange. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So you know what is there. So, so follow the example of some of those. How do you follow the example? By finding out maybe practically how did you go about it in America to live here without. But I think perhaps the first step that he gave is perhaps humility. Okay. Yeah. Why drive a car you can't afford? A house you can't afford? It's a, a, a level of expansion that you don't really afford. You know? And then that's it. That's how come you, you, you grow up and you're not woman. But some of our, the grown-ups in the church, when I said they don't, they don't believe what I said. And that's why they are in debt today. That is why, for instance, if you do a fundraising and ask people, give $10,000 or give $20,000, many people cannot give. Because... I mean, they are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are heavily committed. And then when COVID came and what is coming after COVID is more than COVID. The thing that is coming after COVID is more than COVID. And the effect is more than COVID. So you can't even imagine. Before COVID came, we couldn't ima imagine. Imagine what? Imagine that all airports are closed. All planes are packed. No one is flying. Hotels are empty. I mean, when you, if you came to Ghana, huge hotels closed down, closed down, closed down. All over the world, hotels closed and shut with keys. Keys, 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 keys. Airlines packed. Airports dead. Quiet. I mean, who could imagine it? <laughs> so all those things are not factored in, but that's the reality of what happened. Okay? So after church, if you really want to know, you go deeper and find out people like that. They'll tell you. Okay? Yeah. Number two is what, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, the second one was how... You deal with offenses. Offenses with you, like when who has offended me? Like in the ministry. <laughs> in the ministry, yeah. Yeah, in the, in the ministry mainly, yeah. Yeah, I know it's in the close. ministry, like ministry. The, the, the ministry like maybe a like, close associate, you know, offends you or... Uh, yeah, or your pastor offends you or one of, one of your pastors offends you. How, how do you deal with it? How have you dealt with it in the past? How have I dealt with it? Yes, please. No, ask you... specific questions. No, you see, your, your question is like an essay question. Oh, okay, Discuss. Okay. I'm not an art student, okay, okay. so I don't know how to answer those questions. I can answer specific questions. Okay, so I did specific biology, one. I did physics, science, and so on. So, yeah. so, discuss. Yeah. so specifically, if you're asking me, 
how have do I deal with somebody who has offended me, or mm. how do you deal with somebody and deal with who has offended me? Okay. You have to be a bit more specific. Okay, so I'll be specific. I just want to know how you have dealt with people who have who've offended you in the ministry. Like who? People like who? People who left and maybe they said things that were not true. Are uh, people who left and said things that were not true? That yes. were not true. Yes. Whether I've forgiven them. Oh, I believe that you. But but how you went through that process? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Turn to John chapter eight. John 8 and verse 6. Uh, they said, this woman was taking adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? And this they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So, there are things... You just have to keep on doing the work of the Lord as though you heard them not. It's a revelation. Yes. It's a revelation. Yes. And then also, when it comes to um, people being offensive, and saying things that they shouldn't say. You see, um, you must understand there are some principles that are happening in the world. Amen. And so I want to just show you some of that. Oh, yes. In Revelations, chapter 13, it says, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and his great authority in Revelation 13 and verse 2. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And they, verse 4, they worshipped the dragon. They worshipped the what? The dragon. <laughs> and they said, who is like unto the beast? And who is able to make war with him? Now verse 5, a very interesting verse. He says, and there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue for 42 months. Yes. So in the realm of the spirit, 
things are timed. And you see, God is so great that if somebody can blaspheme and be given power, so not knowing that what the person is doing, he has been given the power to do it for a while. And whatever the effect is, is those who are taken captive by blasphemies and stories and so on, unfortunately, they become losses in a war. You've just become a casualty in the war. But in the realm of the spirit, this thing was given the, to, to do what? To speak great things. Hey! And blasphemies, change the, change the version. The beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God. So if even God, do you see? Even, even God, uh, 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 these devils can even speak against God. Serial, not against me. And who am I? Who am I? Because you would say that, oh, if God is, God is powerful and God is great, so he wouldn't allow somebody to say all kinds and manner of things, to give big, great things, if God is so great. Now look at the one who is blaspheming. The person who is being blasphemed in this verse is God himself. Yeah. Not a pastor. But you see, he's given a chance to do what he's doing for 42 months. And when the time is over, that will be, but what is sad about it is that there will be casualties. There are some people who are affected by this. And that is why a good Christian would be crowding out. You know, some people, you see that they are curious. So I want to see what this person is saying. I want to see what this is saying. But often it is they themselves have an evil spirit. That is why they want to smell and see what are, what are they saying. Yeah. Because you often don't have a chance to hear the truth about many things. Yes. Oh, yes. So, as for stories, not only today, 10 years from now, 5 years from now, one, one of one pastor friend, my, fr- my friend pastor in the uh, Philippines, he called and said, oh, are they doing this? Are they saying this? Are they doing this? Oh, so they'll do that. He said that every number of years you have this, then every 10 years you have this, then every 5 years you have this. He said, this is something that happens in the ministry over the years from experience. Yeah. He asked me, are they doing this? Are they saying this? Are they saying this? I have, I have one same one also in the Philippines. It's, it's, a, it's something that is known. So, that there would be blasphemies and people saying all kinds of things against God. And God allowed him to do whatever he wanted to do for 42 months. Not forever. Yes. Three and a half years, 42 months. So I, I don't know how long somebody is allowed to say this, to say that, to say whatever. It's, it's an environment the ministry has to work within a certain environment. You, no calling goes uncontested. There will, you will be contested. You will be, you will be tested and contested for what you stand for and what you believe in. 
Why is the brother who asked me the question? He's vanished. Uh-huh. What's your name? Alphonse. Yes. Have I answered your question? Yes. So, for me, I see it as, oh, I have to go through this. There are things I have to experience as part of my rank and as part of my calling. Yes. Yes. Recently, you know, I spoke to a brother and he was t- talking to me about one great man of God in Nigeria. Somebody that I admire. And he was saying, oh, somebody was saying something about him. I said, oh, how? Is somebody saying somebody? He said, look, the things that the people are saying, I mean, then he showed me. He even sent me some of the videos and the things. I mean, you can't believe that there will be people who will be allowed by God to say the sort of things about God's honorable servants who have worked for him up to the age of 70. And they are just allowed to be there. That's what I'm saying that in the book of Revelation, we see how blaspheming people were even allowed to speak for a season. But you see, because it it looks like if something like what someone says and talk and stories and so on can take you out, then you are not worthy to be here. If that is what can take you out, then you are not worthy to be here. Oh, yes. Because what you must realize is that if somebody loves you, there is no story you can, you, can, you can tell the person that the person will change his mind about a commitment to you. There is nothing that the person can say. That's the truth. Even in politics, you can say whatever you say against this group, against this person, against this person. All those who support him still support him. All those who are against him are still against him. It's very few. There are very little change. They made up their mind long time and it's not going to change. So if you can be taken out by somebody's talking and making videos, same things, talking, then you, you don't qualify even to be amongst us. Yes. And that's where the marriage... Hello? Yeah. I hope I've made myself clear. Any more questions? Ask questions. Uh, hello, Prophet. My name is Kwame. I'm from uh, Maryland. Oh, First Love Hanover. Um, so is, is there anybody who has a question in relation to what this brother Alphonse was asking? Any question in that, in that vein? It kind of has. Category. It's, huh? it's kind of similar. Okay, yes, ask. But it's more like for the church. So one of the um, problems that we're having in our church is we're looking for a church building. But um, we know that it's... It's more expensive, and it's harder to find buildings in America, of course. And we also want to build, too, but it's also way more expensive to make buildings and build cathedrals. So what is, like, your advice for us to find buildings that we can be in and um, as we're growing? Oh. Did I finish wrong? Is that? What is it? What is the advice of our buying buildings like, or getting buildings yeah, in America? Through, yeah, for, we, like... We are getting buildings. We are getting buildings. So... This week, we'll be launching another project to get another building. So the building is step by step. Because we are not, because we are not going into debt, you can Google on the internet, you'll find churches for sale. Plenty in America. People with mortgages that couldn't pay. So we don't buy on mortgage. When we buy, we buy with cash. So the, we, we bought one in Newark. 
in St. Louis and other, and then we are moving on one by one. We'll be buying and then we keep on moving on. All right? So there's no rush. Have I answered your question? Yes, please. Okay. Next. Uh, hello, Prophet. The person was asking something in the same. Yes. Hi, Prophet. I'm Odette from First Love Church, St. Cloud, Minnesota. And, and my question is in regard to together forever when it comes to a man and a woman in marriage. And you said today that there is going to be nonsense. And, <laughs> and, and there, are, there are some nonsenses that are really doing what they're supposed to do. And so, for example, we've, we have had a lot of issues of domestic violence, child abuse. Where do people go from there when faced with those types of nonsense? But in their mind, they're trying to keep the together forever. And then my second question is, what makes you happy? Like, what makes you just happy? What do you do with domestic violence? No, it's related to this question in the sense of we are not giving up. You said we will not stop uh, doing what, like a prophet, an apostle will not stop yes. doing what they're supposed to do, even when people say stuff, right? So you're met with a partner that is doing the nonsense. And you have the together for, forever in your head. And you said today we shouldn't give up on it. So where do we go from there? With, yes. Uh -huh. So what you are, well, the question you are asking is, in the, 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 the underlying principle is that marriage is forever. Yeah. But there are reasons why people divorce and should divorce. Even in the Bible. The Bible, Jesus even gave, and they said that for the sake of adultery, you can divorce. Jesus mm -hmm. said that. In the book of Ezra, uh, the, the pastor even asked the people to leave their wives. So there are reasons why uh, divorce has to come in. Even though, generally speaking, it's together forever. And I'm telling you that if you don't have that mind, your marriage will not last. Because within the first few months, mm. you will have a reason to jump out of the marriage. Do you understand? Yes. You start to think to yourself, I, I didn't know what I was getting into. Okay. So I'm just saying, Shh, if you don't start to have this mind, it's forever. I am telling you that a marriage cannot stay for long. Mm. So you have that mind. But saying that doesn't mean that there are no situations where you need to jump out. Okay. Sometimes if you don't jump out, you, you may even die right. in the marriage. Right. Before you realize you've been killed. Because the hatred that develops sometimes in marriages, it's too much. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's dangerous. Yes. And sometimes it's destructive to the ministry, to your life, to everything. So there are situations. But you see, if you keep on telling people, oh, you can come out, you can come out, you can come out everybody is going to start saying, hey, I, 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 I can't take it. I've made a mistake. I want to leave. I want to leave. I want to leave. I want to leave. And there will be very few people that are going to stay married. Yeah. Because human beings, we are really some way. We are really something to ourselves. Yes. So if, if that is our mind, or every small thing, you're going to come out. That's why even in court, to divorce, the lawyers and the judges make it difficult to divorce. Because it's trying, they're trying to prevent people from just jumping in and out 
of this relationship. Because it's, it's damaging to the society and to your own life. So you can't just jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out. You must have a more permanent. And so even the court, the secular world, try to make it difficult to, from that idea of leaving your partner. And once you have that mind, you start to settle in and then you realize that the problems you have are the problems other people also have and are the problems that most of the time are what's going on everywhere. So if you go out, you go to the next one, you're going to find out it's quite similar. Yeah. You get it? Yes. So please don't have a mind that I just want to leave. But there are situations that honestly there are some that have to divorce. I personally have never... I read one somebody said I told him to divorce. I've never told anybody to divorce. I never tell. It's a standard thing that we don't tell people to divorce. Even when you think they should divorce, they have to decide for themselves. But we don't tell people divorce. But I never knew that I never knew that people could tell lies and write lies, like absolute lies. That's also something new that I've learned. (laughs) Yes. All right. I hope I've answered your question, my dear. Yes. So what makes you happy then? What makes you happy? Jesus makes me happy. Hello, Bishop, sir. My name is Miracle, and I'm from First Love, Austin. I'm sorry if this question actually sounds too personal, but it's something I've been willing to know. Um, I'd like to focus this question to the beginning of your ministry. What are the biggest mistakes you've made in the ministry? And what did you do um, differently? And um, what can you um, advise us to do so we don't end up making that same mistake, please? Okay, your question What's the biggest mistake I've made in the ministry? I'd have to think about it because I've, I've not thought about what is the biggest mistake I've made. And what would I do differently? Most, almost everything I've done is what I would do again if I was to. Even, 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 the, time that, even the time that I started the ministry, I, I, I don't know really how I could have started earlier. But if there's any earlier that I could have started, maybe at the age of 12, but... I don't know what I would have done at the age of 12. Because I think by the age of 16, I was somehow already, you know, in the ministry. Yeah. You understand? Yes. And your last question was what? That's it. I've answered. There are some, um, like, common mistakes that you've probably seen um, pastors make and you're like oh I did this but I wish he knew or I wish he knows how to do it differently can you maybe mention one or two please sir no I don't I don't I don't I don't know of any such mistake that I've made <laughs> ah okay there's a book top 10 mistakes that pastors yes made. thank you <laughs> all right next person hi prophet I'm over here. Where are you? Where are you? To your left. Okay. Right over here. Uh Uh-huh. Hi, Prophet. My name is Gloria from First Love, New Jersey. (laughs) 
Um, thank you so much for the opportunity. So my question is, um, so currently I'm in my third year of medical school and it's been really difficult um, to be able to balance both the church work and school work and I feel like I'm at a standstill. So I wanted to know what advice do you have for other busy students, not just med students who are, feel like they're at a standstill because like I can't do all the outreaches I wanna do, I can't pray all the hours I wanna pray and I feel like I'm just, here trying to do my big four, <laughs> which um, BH has been teaching us to pray for an hour a day, do our quiet time, listen to a message, and read a part of a book. So that's what I'm trying to focus on. But then all the other stuff, like the prayer meetings and the outreaches and, you know, all the, the things that we have to do as fellowship leaders, I'm struggling to do, and I feel like I'm stuck. And this is going to be going on for, I don't know. So um, I well, just wanted to know Well, I would say that, that, like I said to somebody else, Life is juggling with many different duties. And being in medical school is just one of the difficult duties that you have to do at the same time be a Christian. So it's, it's going to be difficult, but you just have to press and you'll be tired. The world is run by tired people. So you give some extra time for that and be tired. Sacrifice some sleep. Sacrifice some days. Sacrifice some nights, and God will see you through. Amen. And when you finish and you start working, it's even, are you married? No, please. Yes, and when you marry, you have a husband. You know, experienced girls, experienced married people, when you offer them marriage at that point, they see it more as work. <laughs> and they say, you know, I don't want to, I, I, don't, I, don't, need, I don't need a new job. Yeah. Mercy. <laughs> because they're experienced. So I can't imagine when you add marriage and then children to being a doctor and being on call. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so this is a cool time, so enjoy. <laughs> Thank you, Prophet. Yes. Uh, yeah, hello, Prophet. My name is Frederick, and I'm from New Jersey. So, um... So I have, I have two questions. So the first one is for those of us who are like ready to have a beloved. What? <laughs> so uh, I wanted to know the type of advice you have for us in choosing like uh, the right, not the right, like a woman. Like, yeah. And then also if, and also if you have already, like you're already in like, in a relationship or married, and then your wife doesn't like support like your ministry. Maybe you are yeah, into ministry, and your wife is not like like compatible. Like if you're doing outreach, they'll complain that you're not spending time with them. But you're already married. Like, how do you deal with that? Are you married? No, I'm not. <laughs> do you have a beloved? No, I'm 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 ready. So I'm looking. <laughs> then. The way, the, way, the way to overcome that is to not have somebody who is against the ministry work. Because you, you don't already have a beloved. Those who are in it already and those who are married, I mean, woe to them and sorry for them. <laughs> but if you are not yet committed, then look carefully. And remember that it's a seesaw. What you will see is what you saw. <laughs> so if in a relationship you see it, or you saw it, you will see it. How, 
there's very little difference between a relationship behavior and the marriage. And relationships should be long enough. Jesus is in a long relationship with us before he marries us. We are the bride of Christ. We are his beloved. We are yet to go for the marriage feast. And it's been a long time. It's been a long time that he's been in a relationship with us. To see our behavior. Whether he wants to bring us to heaven to be with him. So relationships should be long enough. This short relationship. You know, I met a brother. He told me that... Um, he went to a church, and when he went to the church, the, there was a lady doing the announcement. So when she came and she did the announcement, you know, he was moved. And he said, wow, who is this? Yes. And that was it. He decided that this is it. Then, then uh, he wasn't even living in that country, so he traveled. And when he came back the second time, he came to do the... Uh, the traditional marriage. Yes. And then he went back again. And when he came back for the third time, he did the actual wedding. Now, when they got married, yes, when they got married, on the, the wedding day, you know, I mean, they almost didn't enter the hotel room because there was a beast on the first day. Yes. There was a beast. A, a total beast. Yes. And the honeymoon was divided into two. Yes. The first part was together. And the second part, everybody was on his own. At the honeymoon. Oh, yes. So that's why I say to you that you can't just know someone from afar and say, oh, wow, I saw you singing on stage. Or I saw you doing announcement. Be my beloved. You, that is what you let dragons jump on you like a kangaroo and see that it has come on you and it's staying with you. All right? Marriages are wild, especially marriages of pastors. It's not, it's not easy for some. So pray that you get a good one. All right, you. Yes, what do you want to ask? Start talking. Dora, okay. What do you want to know? My name is Dora from First Love, New York. Okay. So I, I want to say thank you very much for this privilege to say something. Okay. It's about First Love music. There's First this, Love music? Yes. Okay. There's this particular song that um, fills me with so much joy because I have memories of it from the delivery room. So it is the Lord thy God in the midst of thee. So um, it's a very powerful song. I just want to say I'm getting emotional because... <laughs> So, so, when I was in the delivery room, my baby's heartbeat started dropping a lot. So, they kept turning me and turning me, you know, changing positions, but it was still not working. And the doctors came telling me, you know, the baby is it's, it's not breathing properly, you know, all these bad things that they were telling me. And it was so tough for me. So um, I started playing that song. I played it for so many hours. I was in labor for 22 hours. I played it for so many hours. I repeated that song, repeated it, repeated it. And then after 
fast forward, the baby was born. And then after that, they went to do so many tests. They came back with so many bad news. And then I kept playing that song. And then later on, fast forward, the doctors came to apologize to me, saying that they're sorry they put me on an emotional roller coaster because they ruled out everything they had said. And I believe... I believe it is the power of the song. So my question is, because that song means so much to me, I want to know how did you come about that song? What, what situation, where, what, what was your emotion? Where were you? Were you having your quiet time? How did you come about that song? Because it's so powerful. That is a blessing. Thank you for that powerful testimony of the song. Yes. That, that song is based on Zephaniah. Mm. And um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's one of my uh, early scriptures that I knew growing up in mm. SU. Mm. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mm. mighty. Yeah. Wow. So it's always, he will save, mm. he will rejoice over thee with joy. Mm. He will rest in his love. It will joy over thee with singing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wow. So, it's a blessing. Amen. You know, there are different songs that I write at different times. And different things that happen. Yes. So, it's a clever question. Mm. Thank you. But I believe that it's just the beauty of that scripture. Mm. That the Lord thy God in the midst of thee. Mm. Might is with you. It's mm. mighty. Amen. I rejoice over you and you will save me. Amen. All right. Sit down. Next question. Hi, oh, Prophet. Yes. yes. This is Kwabna from Las Cruces. Uh, yesterday you spoke about saints and you said that the very nature of us, how we were born, our color, is one of the saints. And, uh, it's one of the what? The scent. Scent? Oh, okay, yes. the scent. So, my question is, some of us, we came from a certain background that at a very early age, we were introduced to certain things and we have seen certain things which are not... Go deeper. <laughs> so, for instance, I was told that um, when my mom was pregnant, with, um, she was told that if they, did, they don't do certain things, I will die. So, my great-grandmother took, me to, took my mother to like fetish and all those kind of things, and uh, growing up, I knew in the house, I wasn't allowed to sit on any chair. There was one specific chair that they would allow you to sit on. And it had like a coin nailed to it. A what? A, a coin nailed to it. And I wasn't allowed to eat any 
place, play with anybody. Just, I wasn't just allowed to go out. So my parents created an environment where friends will come to the house to play with you growing up. And I went through that processes growing up to the age of, I think, GSS, when I was like 12 years and all those things. And I feel a certain drawn, drawing to certain things. And I've been trying to get away from that. Drawing to what? Get away from those drawings. Like, drawing to what? Um, it's like you are drawn to wicked things. You are drawn to violence. You are drawn to fornications. You are drawn to drinking. You are drawn to drugs. Like so many bad things. And I've been trying to move away from it. But yesterday, you said that you tell us that you show us how to overcome certain bad things that attract certain things. And I, I want to know because this is so some fear in me that can I even do the work of the ministry? Yeah, but we talked about crowding out. So remember the crowding out principle. That's an answer to your question. So every power that has come, I'm telling you, there's only a certain amount of space. And that space can be crowded out. That's why Jesus used the word empty. This place is empty. It means that the space is the space that is available is empty. It's garnished. It's swept. And there's a limited space. But it looks like the space can go up to thousands, maybe six thousand, seven. I don't know how many demons. But I think maybe seven thousand demons can fit into one person. And that's a lot of devils. So crowd, it, crowd out the devil from your life, okay? Hi, prophet. I'm right here. Hello. Where are you? Where I'm are right you? here. Where's here? <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Um, hi, prophet. Um, I have two quick questions. The first one is, I know you talked about um, how, you talked about the Methodist church, you know, back in Ghana and how, I mean, like here in the States and back in Ghana, how it had different flavors. And I just want to know, because one thing, you know, we're in the States, and when people come to church, you say, oh, yeah, well, we have a multicultural church, but I feel like when they come, they're like, oh, it's only, I'm sorry to be so blunt, but it's only black people, right? And how do you practically um, make the people, like invite people that are different than you are and like, I don't know, make them comfortable or I don't know, because I feel like, they can come and then they don't come back because they feel like they're the only person in the crowd. So it's a little difficult to reach out to um, some of this. And even when you go out on outreaches, we tend to go to the same people that look like us. So I don't know how, um, do you have any practical ways to overcome that? Well, number one way is not to not speak English and not speak any other language apart from English. Okay. That's number one. Number two, way is to put aside some of the traditional things. You see, even, even if, for instance, I speak to you in a language, like I just go and say, then it's like, oh, wow. I mean, I wasn't preaching, but I just spoke those words. It's like, it gives me a message that, wow, I'm in an environment. I don't really know everything that is going on here. So that's why foreign languages, we don't want it at all. In our any of our church, the only language is English. That's the only language for the church. And then 
the, some of the biggest cultural practices also have to be kept because that's also what lets you. Like, for instance, one of the things that lets you know that you are in a black environment is the time. <laughs> the time. Because the time is cultural. Black people are late for everything. Mercy. Everything starts late and ends late. So that's the culture. And that's also one of the things that it can also be overcome by starting on time, ending on time, and then after church, you have still more time. But all those things are all part of the thing. So you have to try your best, but keep on reaching out. And also I would say the best is in your heart. You have to believe in every other culture and every other color to the point of being happy to marry them. Yes. Because, because that is the way, that is the way. If, if you are with somebody but you wouldn't marry the person, then it means you accept the person but up to a point. So in Ukraine, for instance, uh, I have two pastor friends. They are, they are married to, yeah, one is a Ghanaian and one is from Zimbabwe. The Zimbabwe one is married to a white lady, Ukrainian lady. And the Ghanaian one is also married to a white lady. Their churches are white. There's no black person in the church at all. There's no black person in the church at all. Because marriage also, the fact that you can marry the person tells you that, I mean, I really accept you. And I really love you. And I really like you. Do you see? But once you do not, and you cannot. So we have to have a lot of other mixed marriages. Yes, we have to have a lot of mixed marriages. I, I, am, a, I am a product of a mixed marriage. My, my, my mother is white. My father was black from Ghana. Totally different. And I'm a product of that. So without that, you can't also have certain things. So I think that sort of thing also has to come. When we have more of that, it will also help the church to generally uh, grow. So maybe you want to marry a white man? I don't know. Who knows? Huh? She's what? She's single. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, my second question is it's going to be really quick. I, I guess I, it's going to be really selfish, but do you mind praying for me, um, for my ministry, and just, yeah, just for my ministry? Because I don't know when I'm going to get this opportunity again. So. All right. Father, bless the sister. Touch her life, and let her be great in your house. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hi, Prophet. It's Marilyn from First Love Toronto. Um, in relation to hurts and offenses, I just wanted to ask, how do I keep a sweet spirit throughout like ministry? Because in this short while of being in ministry, I experienced so many like disappointments and hurts from those who I thought would help me or would support. So I just wanted to ask, how do you keep a sweet spirit, not get offended too easily, and just keep going and you know trusting that God is going to use those around you or um, send those who would be apostles to your ministry to support? Well, that's what I just said. Like, just keep on doing what you're doing and try not to be angry. 
No, I tell you that all these people who say bad things, do things, whatever, honestly, I don't, I, I try not to think about it. You think about it and you just, it, it can make you not happy. So don't think too deeply. Let it roll off your back. One time I went to Geneva and I was looking at some ducks were swimming in the lake. Very cold winter, minus two degrees, and they were so happy. You know, and uh, they were so happy in the water. I was wondering that these ducks, are they not feeling cold? But they were not feeling cold. And the water just rolls off them. They have some type of oil in their skin and the water just rolls off. So you have to be like a duck swimming in the water and it's like the water. Otherwise, the water is going to soak into you and you sink. Yeah. So they, they are not affected by the cold and they are not affected by the water. So you don't have to be affected by the cold, by the water. Honestly, most of the time when people say things, I try to make excuses for them. Oh, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this. All right? Uh, hi, Prophet. My name is David. I'm from First Love, Los Angeles. Woo! Uh, my question. Uh, I had enlisted... You're from Los Angeles. you know Michael Jackson? No, no, I don't. Okay. Unfortunately, no. All right. Uh, I, en I enlisted to the Marines a while back ago, and in two months I get shipped out. But now I'm a bit hesitant to actually go. My question to you is, how do I know that going to the Marines is the right path that God set, God set for me and not just the wrong turn that I chose? Okay, so you're saying you've been selected to go to join the Marines. Uh, He's been what? Enlisted, okay, yeah. Yeah. And you're asking, how do you know whether it's the will of God? Yes. Okay. Well, the book, The Art of Hearing, have you read it? Do you have one? Uh, no. no if right you now. get the book, The Art of Hearing, do you have the books on your phone? No. Do you have my books on your phone? No. So we'll, we'll get, get you all the books on the phone. It's free. So the book, The Art of Hearing, will tell you. But you see, that is a life changing decision. It could, it's a decision that could be good and it could also change your life forever in the south or west or east way. So it's an, it's an important thing to pray about and to, and, and, and to know. And I tell you, if God tells you don't go, don't go. If God tells you go, then go. But if it's going to take you away from God, and going to take you away from his word, I can tell you in advance that it's a bad idea. Anything that's going to take you away from God. No, Bible says, what shall he profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? I mean, joining the Marines and losing your soul. How does that help? All right? Yeah. Are Thank the Marines you. godly people? Can you, can you be a good Christian as a Marine easily? Is it difficult? Are there some Marines here? Do you know, do you know my brother? What, what's your name again? Amash. What's your name again? Uh, David. David, do you know whether Marines are godly? Are there Christian Marines? 
Uh, from what I know, they usually, during, at least during boot camp, they have uh, religious services for those who want to who pray want to. On, in their own religion. Yeah. Okay. Well, just remember the verse I'm giving. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Then it's not worth it. All right? All right. Thank you. Bless you. Next. Hi, Prophet. Um, hi, Prophet. My name is Mommy Janima. I'm from First Love Greensboro, which is in North Carolina. I'm here. Um, my question to you is, I am a college student, and one thing I realize when I outreach and I speak to people is that they don't want to come to church because of certain offenses that they face while going to church, whether at home or whatever. And they feel like their own personal relationship with God is enough. And what I tell them, like, oh, like the church, you know, even Jesus suffered offenses. The church is a place, like, we're all sick. We're all coming for healing to be better. But none of that seems to convince them enough to come to church. How can I, like, outreach and witness to people who don't want to come to church anymore because of past and previous offenses that they faced. Yes. Well, the way, the way to do that is, number one, you have to sh share with them the scripture which says that uh, we should encourage, Hebrews 10.25, we should encourage people all the more to meet as we see the day of Christ coming. So it's not that you should meet less you see, not forsaking the assembly as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. So they need to come to church more. And then also the picture of the coals of fire. If you have coals in a, in a coal pot or a charcoal place and you take one of the burning coals aside, put aside, the fire of that coal is going to go out. And the others will remain on fire. So that's how it is when you take some, yourself out of fellowship. It's like you just take yourself out of the fellowship. And your fire goes down. But when you put it back into the midst of the other burning coals, the fire rekindles and it stays alive. That's the essence of fellowship. So even though you can have your personal relationship with God, the fact that you come together and we are together you know, uh, it, it, it makes my fire affect your fire. And the ne person's next to use fire affects you. And then you sort of come alive. So fellowship really affects you. But you see, you have to move on and start witnessing to other people. You know, like our sister was saying, there are many other kinds of people. You know, there are many other kinds of people. And we need to go beyond our sphere of influence to other types of people. Other types of people. I, I would say that at this camp I am a bit disappointed that your camp is not white enough. I thought there were more people you see, who are making our color, the color combination of the First Love Church more uh, diverse. Thank you for the good word. More diverse. Oh, yes. Because even in England, our church is changing color. Oh, Bishop Richard, am I wrong? Our church is changing color in England. Yeah, it's become more and more diverse. And that's what, what, what we expect. Because as we get into the society, 
more and more people, there's going to be more white, more colored, more different types, Asians, all kinds. And it works. It works. So there should be more. And so our outreach, instead of witnessing to people who are hurt from this, from this, from that, say, hey, we, we can't follow your head. I'm not married to you too, so I don't see. I can't. Every day you are offended about something. We just got to move on. And God is going to bring all kinds of new people. Yeah. To the house of the Lord. All right. Next question. Hi, Prophet. Um, so my name is Renee, and I'm from First Love, New York City. So I grew up in Jamaica my entire life in a very strong Pentecostal background. I didn't wear pants, I didn't wear hair, I didn't wear makeup, I didn't wear jewelry. I'm new to first love, I really, really love first love, but my traditions, like at some point, like I joined the choir, I have to wear pants and I don't wanna do it because I feel bad and I don't know what to do except the new church and I really want to with all my heart, but I still have my old traditions from my Pentecostal background and I'm. There's so many denominations, I'm like confused at this point. What should I do? So like your traditions, you don't wear what? I don't wear pants. I don't wear jewelry. Pants like trousers. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what are you wearing? What are you wearing? Oh, uh, okay. It depends on the situation. I... <laughs> But what, so what are you wearing now? What is that? I was, I was told I had to wear jeans pants for the choir. So I wore pants today. But like for church, personally, I don't wear pants to church at all. Okay. And I don't wear makeup. I don't wear false hair. I don't wear jewelry. <laughs> okay. So. Yes. So, so the answer, shh. The answer to the question is, you are asking that, what should you do? Yes. What you should do is to do what your heart believes. If you believe, because you see, it, 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 it is not, there's no rule in the Bible. Thou shalt not wear false head. In the, in well, the, um, they did pull some scriptures for me, and it's like, but it's in the Old Testament, so I'm like, should I even follow it? No, no, the Old Testament also says that you shouldn't wear a shirt which is made a mixture of cotton and this, and this shirt you are wearing, you better take it off now because it's a mixture of different things. Yes. There's a lot of scriptures, there's a lot of scriptures against that. All right, and you, you've permed your hair. That's not your it's natural. It's not permed. It's not permed. This it's just blow-dried. Like, once water touches it, it goes back natural. <laughs> it's not permed. It's my natural hair. But there's nowhere in the Bible that shall not perm thy hair. Or blow-dry your hair. So don't worry about all these traditions. If somebody doesn't want to do that, it's fine. But don't let it, don't let it be an obstacle. You know, something that is trivial. There's so many little things that we have, then they become like mountains. Yeah. So you make a big mountain and you can't follow those traditions. If you want to use that, use that, then you must get a lamb or a goat and go and sacrifice to follow the Old Testament properly. When you sin, you take a turtle dove and go for offering different things. Yes. So, 
if you start, the Bible says if you don't keep, if you don't keep the whole law, you are guilty of, of everything. So that is that. All right? Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Prophet. Next question. Hi, Prophet. Hello, good, hello, Prophet. This is Margaret from FLC Hanover. Um, I do have a question, but I do briefly want to address, uh, I believe his name was Dan, David, I'm sorry, David. Um, I was active duty Army for four years, in which um, I was on a deployment at an undisclosed location with all the branches of service, to include Navy, Air Force, um, Marines, and some foreign, some foreign, uh, some foreign fighters. Um, I don't want to talk for too long on the subject, but what I would say, the best analogy I have for as a Christian, joining any branch of service, if you're not so, 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 so deeply rooted and committed, it's like a white glove being put into a bucket of mud. If you remove that glove from the, like, if it's still on, if you remove the glove, it's going to be muddy. So just be very careful, I think, and if you can avoid it, I would recommend you don't. But it's your choice. I did it, and my, it, it took a David, long time to get back. David, did you hear what she said? <laughs> <laughs> what is he saying? <laughs> yeah. She said going into the forces is like wearing a white glove and putting it into mud and coming out, and that if you are not very, very, very committed, that may be the end of you. Is that not what you're saying? Yes, please. And she Prophet. worked in an undisclosed location. And doing many things. For how many years? Five years. Yeah. Wow. And then, uh, Prophet, if it's okay, I wanted to ask a question. Um, I do, I know that um, the main gifts are the five that we've gone over. Um, all my life I've been very musical and I write songs like I can wake up at three o'clock in the morning and a full song is dropped into my head. So I was wondering like, one, is it possible to submit any of those songs to First Love Music to possibly be added to it? Which, 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 which branch are you in? Hanover currently. So why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you use those songs in the church? Oh, we, I have sang them in church. Prophet. You've been using them in the church? Yes, Prophet. And yes. are they working? Oh, we're not like using them. I sang it. It worked the time I, I believe it worked the time I sang it, please. I'm like, sure. is it a solo or it's a worship song? It's a worship song. Uh, have, you been, have, you been, have you been using that? Has the church been using it? I've used worship? it. Um, I went with Reverend George to Miami once when he was doing a, like a, a meeting to sing it. Um, I sang it a few times in Florida, uh, here in, or in Maryland. I've saw, yeah, it's many times. I've well, let, me, let, me, let me say this to everybody who writes music, who has songs, who has whatever. The church is open to everybody's songs and music and, and everything. There's no restriction. There's no limitation. The reality is that every writer of a song and every composer of a song is faced with the reality of making your song to be known and making your song to be liked and making your song to be sung. It's a problem and a difficulty everyone has because it goes through so many channels, whether somebody will play it, whether somebody will sing it, somebody will like it, somebody will even try it. I mean, those are realities. So, because I am who I am, I, I wrote a song and I have a song, 
And I, like I came, I brought my own singer and my own song, and I sang it. And it's like, if you like it, and I'm the one preaching, so if you like it, that's it. So that's all. So I, so I, I, I would have a greater advantage than you would as a songwriter because it's in my own, I'm in control where I am. And I don't allow where I am, I don't, there's some music that I don't like, and I don't, I like, they should sing what I like. Yes, and so that's, so that's it. So don't be discouraged in songwriting, song composing, and all that. But just remember that it takes a lot to write a song, have music, and for it to ever be known or sung. And that's why, for instance, for somebody like Andre Crowd, for his songs to be sung all over the world, it, it shows you how much he's broken through in the world as a songwriter and a composer, to have a song sung everywhere, you know. So that's it. But few people are able to really break through, even into just their local church. So when Hillsong, for instance, started singing, and then we all started singing their songs, that was a breakthrough because Hillsong is actually a suburb of, of Sydney. If you go to Sydney in Australia, there's an area called Hills, uh, Hillsong. Yeah, the area is called Hillsong. So the church was called Hillsong Church. You see. So that it just happens that that little local church in Australia, the music went, first of all, to the congregation, to the pastor, and then it did spread all over the world. Yes. Now, darling, check, for instance, it's not at the same church. It's a different place. We don't hear of her. I mean, it's complex. So don't be discouraged by that. Just keep on trying. Before one day, your song will be sung all over the world. Everybody's singing. Wow. I didn't know that. So I'm I'm saying this to all all musicians. You know, it's not a small thing to write a song, to compose a song, to make music, and for it to be sung anywhere at any time ever. People sometimes send me songs. Oh, I've written a song. I have a song. And it's not that I don't like the song or I don't, I reject the song, but it's not easy for your song to, to move. It's not easy for the song to move. Pray about it. Yes. All right. Last question and then we, we are um, done hi, for. Prophet. My name is Icy2 from First Love. Your Hanover. name is? My name is Icy2 from First Love Hanover. And I have a question. Okay, about, okay, okay. I have a question about um, step parents and offenses. Um, how do I relate with a step parent like who I've like had some difficulties with, and I'm trying to like overcome it, and I've tried to forgive her, but it's really hard, and I feel like it's holding me back in my ministry. You just do it. How do you do this? How do you do this? How do you do? How do? There's no how to. It just do it. That's how to do it. Do it. It's a parent, right? It's a step. Mother. Yeah, my stepmom. Your stepmother. You just have to flow with her. Just accept that. It's some way for you not to flow with your stepmother. Just flow. You are the child. She's the mother. So humble yourself and just flow with her. She's done this, she's done. You may be a stepmother one day. I don't know, but you may be a stepmother one day. You know, I heard somebody say something. Shall I tell you what I heard? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Or I should tell the next group. Tell us, tell us. Somebody was going to marry a man who had a child. Your mother married your father. Oh. They, my parents were married, but they got a divorce when I was really young. 
Your parents got a divorce when they were young. Yeah, when I was So you are your father's child. Yes. But your mother is not your actual biological mother. My stepmom is not my father. Yes, but you live with them. Yeah. The two of them. Yes. So somebody was going to do what your stepmom did. She was going to marry a man who already had a child. Is that not what happened in your yes, case? Yes. And 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 then she met someone who gave her advice. Do you know what the advice was? She said that if you are going to marry some a man and he has even a fingernail of a, a child, not even the whole child, just a fingernail, don't marry the person. Yes. Do you understand the advice? They say even a fingernail of a child. It's a very wild advice. It's a very deep advice. Yes. And you're going to marry even a fingernail. The person, and this is what they're afraid of, that you marry the person, the person's child will now be challenging you. Yeah, that's why they say, even if there's a fingernail of a child, don't mind. But I don't know if it's true. I am not giving that advice. I'm just telling you what somebody said. So I'm just telling what I am telling you is to humble yourself. You are the child, and you don't know the future. Be nice to your stepmother and flow. She's your, also your mother. She's also your mother. Yeah. Amen.